0: It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. The big boys are back in the Bahamas, including the big cat. 20 of the world's best players measure once more in 2021. We have a passionate sports storyteller with us and more drama when it comes to the PGA Tour playing schedule next year. Rinse, rewind, repeat, for it's another off season week with tons to talk about. Lock and load. Pro show time. Let's go. Can't stop. in the saddle again, Friday afternoon, we've reached the 12th month there, Wade Weezer. The 12th month. The 12th month. We are in the, uh, we're in the home stretch here. Could you, could you imagine it's December? I just got used to writing 2015
1: on all my checks.
0: <laughs> Wait, I, there's, there's multiple parts or issues to that, but let's just start with First of all, I don't think I've written a check since 2015. Yeah, I was going to say, one. you haven't che- I, <laughs> No, no, that's an old thing. Every single year, remember, was like, "Oh, I just got used to writing this." If Lori came to me and said, "Hey, write a check for the guy that's fixing the, you know, the HVAC," I would. Right. Wait, huh? what? I, I better chance of getting you some Bitcoin. But, a lot of digging in my house to find that checkbook. Yeah, hey buddy, uh, it's, go, it's still got like a two bank names ago. You know, <laughs> banks that have been out of business for years. My my wife's made a name. Yeah. Here you go. You can accept this, right? It starts like <laughs> ventilation. It's called Venmo. Get, <laughs> fact, get it, buddy. Everybody loves to just hear more of what we have to say when it comes to the uh, the inner and outer workings of the pop culture sports world. So you know, are a regular person. We let them. We let them have it for sure. And uh, one of the things we're letting them have uh, is this new read the line, which this week was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, because not only was I fired up because Tiger's back on the map, but. His Hero World Challenge has 20 of the best players in the field, set in the opening. Uh, There's all sorts of great storylines. All the guys seem happy to be there because they're in paradise. And one of the fun things that we do over at Read the Line is that we have celebrity guest pickers. So we bring on somebody who's kind of an insider, you know, in a Martha Stewart sense. And we bring them on and we talk about what's going on. So this week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mark Fulcher, which most people don't know him by his real name, but his, his nickname is Fooch. And he was caddy, he was the caddy for Justin Rose for about 10 years. He was the caddy for Justin Rose when he won at Nearby Marion in the U.S. Open. He actually holds a distinction. He's the only caddy on tour that has caddied for a U.S. Women's Open winner and a U.S. Men's Open winner. Wow. So Allison Nichols, and Justin Rose, both won the U.S. Open with him on the bag. He's from England. Great guy. But Rosie lives over in Albany where they're playing in the Bahamas. So Fooch has been there a million times. So I was like, well, you know what? Let's talk to him. Let's get a breakdown of what's going on with the field. And we had a great conversation the other day. You can see the video there at it's, it's it, was, it was a lot of fun. And we're having a lot of fun building this thing and launching. And we're going to put some content out there because there's so many people that have come to me and said, hey, Keith, I'm so happy that you started this thing because I have I want to get involved you know in these in this golf wagering world but i don't I, I don't know what any of these things mean what does minus 2000 mean what is a money line um what is a prop bet what are you know what are all these things what do you mean when you're talking about course layout and the balance of the golf course so we're really going to get into that for december to get everybody up to speed So that we are ready to turn on the fire hose come Kapalua first week in January when the tour hits again and everybody's pumped up. The Golf Channel introduces like nine new TV shows, all of which are irrelevant, but the golf will be back (laughs) in prime time in Hawaii and you will hit the ground running. We're going to have a lot of fun. And speaking of somebody who hits the ground running, our guest today, Chris Mascaro, has been running for a long time. Great guy super podcast host. He does the Thursday night tailgate. He, he used to do a baseball podcast, but the thing that we have him for is he does a pack, a podcast called on the, uh, next on the tee. Okay. So host of next on the tee. It started about 10 years ago. Uh, just a great voice on the radio, another solid golf storyteller. You know how I love people that, you know, and I, this guy would be the furthest thing from a disruptor. Cause he is just about the most appreciative person in the world, but he has tremendous guests and because he's such a good guy to get to know and you, and you feel his passion through the microphone that he gets his guests similar to what we do from time to time to open up right. and to tell a little bit more about, you know, what makes them tick or um, some of their, you know, expound upon their leadership characteristics. So I'm really excited to talk to Chris uh, because at the end of the day, you know, I, I think he's great for golf. He's great for sports in general. And, he, he, and he's just a genuine guy. And it's that time of year. You know, December is my favorite month. We started there, right? You yes, know? we did. For me, it's <laughs> cakes and candles all month. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm big into it for sure. In that order. Cakes and candles. Love it. Yeah. I mean, my my family has three birthdays in December. Favorite so. can't. Oh, oh bur- I'm th- I thought you meant like holiday candles, like smells, like that sense. I didn't know you were going with the birthdays. Oh, man. <laughs> Have we ever talked about candles, scented uh, no, candles before? No, no, we have not. Right? Oh, man. Okay. So, a tangent, of course. Sure. I can't stand scented candles. Oh, that's disappointing. Okay? On a totally different side, I get sneeze attacks really easy. Okay. Like, sneeze attacks from, like, hairspray and scented candles and stuff like that. Like, I'm not talking about, like, a dozen. I'm talking <laughs> uh, in, in the high 20s or okay. low 30s in a row. Like, it's debilitating for 15 minutes. That is right? understandable. So, scented candles... I have this thing, you know, it's like I don't know if I grew up on the movie Backdraft or something like that, but like I, I the last thing I want is anything to burn down, right? And people are always lighting candles all over the place. And these things, sure they smell nice and everything, but it really, you know, just because it says like Bermuda Sands doesn't mean it smells like Bermuda. <laughs> No. Right. There's some chemical in there or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to know. stop what it, re- Don't tell me what's in hot dogs, too, for crying no, out no, no, loud. Like no, my weekend. No, no, no. Joey Chestnut. We're not going to go there today. But what, I, what I'm telling you, though, is that if you want to see what a scented candle is good for, go to your refrigerator. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take your finger and wipe it around the edge where the door is. OK. Whatever candle you've been burning, that color is going to come off. Oh, That's where man. all of that residue goes. You know, stop it. Just I mean, so being the parent in the room. <laughs> it's not about being a parent. I mean, these things are just useless, right? Get just, I mean, if you're that into it, get they like... Smelling like pumpkins, I like it. Pumpkin what do they call those things? Glade, uh, yeah, rechargers yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever? I don't know. Anyway. My wife has a dangerous reason for us not to use those too, so. You know what? <laughs> I can't play with anything. <laughs> hey, speaking of playing, right? We have some news this week. And what a week it was. I mean, there's a bunch of things to go over in the weekly update, but... The man is back. Yeah, I mean, I, you could tell by my T-shirt today that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cue that up. Put that on the hot button. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, there's just a million things to discuss here. But Monday hits. It's his week. It's the Tiger Woods. He's the host of the Hero World Challenge. It's his event. We haven't had it for two years because due to COVID, they, they just couldn't... or The organizers just couldn't put it all together last year for 20 guys to play in the Bahamas and do it safely and everything. So they are back. And... We know from last week's show that Tiger has been hitting golf balls. And I told you, I said, if he's been hitting golf balls and he's willing to put it on social media, he's been hitting golf balls. Yep, you did. He's been practicing, right? Well, as it turns out, you know, as my wife always tells me, I'm right. <laughs> so come Monday, what do we have? Golf Digest rolls out the red carpet, 35-minute video interview at which he walks into the video. I don't know how many zooms where you make an entrance. Right, Zoom meetings right, you make right, an entrance. Right, right, yeah. But he makes an entrance, right? He, just proving you my legs work. I'm good. Just, just total baller. Walks in the room, no limp, no crutches, no leg sleeve. He's dressed ready to play golf, all Nike'd up, black pants, you know, royal blue shirt, ready to roll. Yep. Uh, you know, it's like a Thursday round outfit. Here he comes, walking in, you know, no you know, not even like thinking about. Walking, just struts right in, sits down 35 minutes, gives you an interview. Boom. There you go. Next thing you know, all over the, the Twitter wire, you got, oh, press conference tomorrow, 9 a.m. Tiger Woods is going to have his first press conference in nine months. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Well, now Monday and Tuesday are done as far as, you know, what you want to look at on Twitter, because, I mean, the whole world is now exploding. And when we get to the press conference, there was a couple of good things, but the two kind of mirrored one another when it when you when it comes down to it. But when you get to the press conference. It was interesting because Tiger seemed as if this, this certainly, and it would have done this to anybody, but being such a great athlete and, and obviously where his standing is in the world, it, it definitely rocked his boat. Something serious. Yes. You know, didn't get out of the house for months. Uh, you know, there was the possibility of amputating his foot or his lower leg. I mean, all of these things were on the table at one point um, for how long we don't know. We never will know. But you know, this definitely rocked his world. So he seemed like he had a very much more macro perspective, you know, got, you know, guys and gals out there, all the fans. Thanks so much for all the well wishes. But we're going to go about this in a much slower rate. I'm only going to play a couple times. I mean, I really think that message wasn't for you or me. It was for Jay Monahan. Yeah. So like if there's like a minimum number of events, don't call me because I'm I'm not going to make it. You <laughs> right, know, right. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there when I'll, when, I'll, when I'll be there and so on and so forth. But um, we've been talking a lot about like competitive tours, he comes out and he says, I mean, this is a big shot to Greg Norman. This was probably, this is why I bring it up first. This was like the one where I was like, yo, right? He goes, I'm with the PGA Tour. I have 82 wins there and 15 majors. That's where my legacy is. I can't see myself ever going anywhere else. Yeah. Paraphrasing there, but um, okay. Well, uh, I think we know where he stands on that one, yeah. right? And so, um, and he was, you know, it, it's, it's important, I think, that, Whoever got to him and or whatever he wanted to say, basically, I mean, Tiger's his own man. But that in and of itself is a lot. Even at his age and everything. Oh, man. You know, I mean, he was said, you know, he said life on tour for me is going to be different, you know, to segue on to something else. He said, you know, I'm going to play a couple of events. But even if I don't play a lot. I still feel like that I can train properly because I know how to do that. Wink, wink. Yep. And uh, I could still play well. And, you know, I could get into the top 20, top 10 of, of an event. And maybe, you know, I could have like a 2019 Masters moment at there, some point. There was no off the cuff answers there. No. All deliberate. All. Yes. Yes. All laying, out. laying the groundwork. And then he then he throws out things like he's like, well, you know, I'm pretty far away from walking 72 holes now. He's not saying he's looking for a cart or anything. He's just saying, I'm, I'm pretty far off from walk, so kind of kind of leave me alone. You know, push people back because the, the questions are always going to be around. When are you coming back? When are right. you coming back? When are you coming back? And then all of a sudden, you know, all these things start lining up for the PNC parent-child, which was the last event that he played in before he had back surgery and then before he had the car accident, which was with his son, Charlie, right? So, Eamon Lynch from Golf Week two, three weeks ago reported that PNC was saving a spot for him. All right? Okay. We only saw one swing. Well, late Tuesday, just so happens the host of the tournament was out on the range hitting three woods, full swings. Now, you know, to the to the to the lay golf persons out there, if you're hitting three woods off the deck full swing, you are ready to play golf. Now right. you may not be sharp enough, but you are ready to play. So again, I'm not surprised that this boy's ready to go mm-hmm. because you're a dad and I'm a dad. Okay. How bad do you think his son wants to play in the PNC Probably a little bit just a little <laughs> bit I mean if he has if, if he has any of Tiger's genes right oh, yeah I mean he's just a little bit competitive and he wants to go out and play how does he say no to his son yeah true. okay he could use a cart it's only 36 holes mm-hmm. right it's a team event so he doesn't have to count every shot okay you know so I I just I think it's happening. You know, okay. I think a couple weekends down the road, this is what we're going to be talking you about. Going to hear announcements we made. Yeah, I mean, um, we do have sources from you the old, from the old, <laughs> from yeah, from the old Alworth days, and um, all signs point towards. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's, this it, is it, a scoop. It's it it is. Um, you know, I love that he brought a couple things to the table. A lot of gratitude. Keep our expectations in check. You know. He really misses the competition. Sure. Misses being that. out there with the guys. Love saying that. Right. But if you saw him and you looked at him in that interview, mm-hmm. he looked lucid. He looked strong. I mean, the gun show was out. Right. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He looked strong. Yeah. He looked like he was ready to roll. And I thought he looked like he was ready to roll a week ago when he, you know, he said, making progress. Making right. progress. <laughs> Give me a break. Right. Seriously. So, uh, As you can tell, folks, we're pretty fired up about that. And we're fired up about the leaderboard out there at the hero. Uh, Six under 66 leads the way after round one. You got Daniel Berger, uh, Abe Anser, and of course, Rory McIlroy, ripped shirt Rory. We'll get into that later. Uh, 20 guys, one guy, even par one guy, over par 18 people under par. It's a shootout. We know that probably a race to about 22, 23 under par. Um, A couple guys stumbled towards the end. Keep that in mind over the weekend when they get to 17 and 18. Two tough holes. Uh, Let's see here. Webb Simpson, JT, and Brooksy are there at five under. They're tied for fourth. To finish out the top ten, you've got Finau, Reed, Hovland, and Colin Morikawa, who... Who got engaged this week? So there's another, oh, there's another nice. story for you. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of bad things going on in his life. He's the first American ever to win the race to Dubai. Um he's mentioned always in the same sentence as Tiger Woods as the next young star on the PGA tour. If he wins this week, he'll be number one in the world. And now he's uh he's engaged. At least he's got that going. The yeah. engagement. Yeah, he's he he has just just barely those couple things going on there. Um things can only get better things can only get better. When you know you know when you talk about better, let's talk about our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation there Mr. Wade Weiser. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA Section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732 732- 4651212. Now, before we run to the break, I just want to take a moment and have a little bit of a moment of silence. Lee Elder passed away this week. He was 87 years old, the first African American to play in the Masters back in 1975. This guy was the real deal on the tour back in his day. 448 tour events, he won 4 times, another 8 times on the Champions Tour. He was a trailblazer for golf. Everyone keep him in your thoughts. He did a lot of things for the game going forward back there in the 70s, which have carried on even until today. So Lee Elder, rest in peace, my friend. So it is about 3.15 here in New York. Thanks, of course, for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with one of golf's most popular podcasters, Chris Mascaro. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're he- not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when he- it comes he- to clearing it out. Y'all take Spoken care of Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Dinkins, team Mar- me. Mar- <laughs> his name is first on <laughs> the show, so we get it. You <laughs> you know, know, we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals, so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the Pro Show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, golf has a lot of great storytellers. Today's guest is certainly one of them. For nearly a decade now, he has brought our game to life with his passion and pundit skills. A Pittsburgh native, now in Atlanta, he covers more than just our game. Grateful for every interview he gives and gets, this afternoon's conversation should make us all appreciate how much joy sports and athletes bring to our lives. Join me as we get to know Chris Mascaro. Well, Chris, welcome to The Pro Show. How are you on this fabulous Friday
1: afternoon? I'm fantastic, Keith. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, you know what? I I know. I'm excited. My audience is excited. So let's just get right into it, all right? You do an amazing job covering the game of golf, but we're getting to that time of year where it's like the year in review, the end of the year summaries are coming. 2021, right? You've been covering it all year. How would you characterize this year in golf?
1: I'll tell you what, Keith, there's a a few things. First of all, it was was a little frustrating because I I got really tired of the Brooks and Bryson thing. Right. I mean, it was it was fun for a minute, but it it sort of got old after a while. So I'm I'm hoping that that's in the rear view for 22. Um, But look, it was a very exciting year on all the tours. I mean, I, I love the emerging young guys that are coming out on the PGA Tours. I mean, Patrick Cantley finally steps forward. John Rahm has another great year. Victor Hovland looks like he's a, he's a keeper. Max Homa uh, had, a, had a wonderful year. Colin Morikawa for, you know, all the things that he was able to achieve this year. Plus, you know, over on the, on the PGA Tour champions, and that's, you know, I've got a lot of great friends on that tour, but it was great to see some of the older guys have some good years, right? Stuart Singh sort of reemerged, got a couple of big wins. Sergio Garcia gets a win. Obviously, Philly Boy with the PGA Championship and all the wins he got over on the Champions Tour. And, and it was great to see Jordan Spieth kind of come out of the funk that he had been in for a few years. And Rory sticks a few wins as well. So, I mean, the, the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour, to me, are looking fantastic. They're very exciting. And then on the LPGA side, right, we got to see the Cordis sisters sort of emerge as the dominant figures over on the LPGA Tour particularly Nellie Corda and the great year she had. Jin Young-Ko had a dominant year on the LPGA Tour as well. And then we obviously had the big win at the Ryder Cup, right, for the USA team. We kind of got off the schneid a little bit, started to flex our muscles. So hopefully we're, we're launching those guys into several uh, Ryder Cup victories. And then the Solheim Cup is always uh, an interesting thing as well, doing great things for the growth of the women's game. So I think it was an overall it was a very exciting year outside of the Brooks and Bryson thing. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Well, I think the Brooks and Bryson thing is finally in our rearview mirror when you think about the match last week and, you know, really how that didn't really amount to much of anything. So uh, I think people are probably tired of that whole debacle. I think I think you both you and I would agree that that it is such, you know, I love the way you put that, because when I listen to that answer, I really hear two things. There's like the young and the old because you have Colin and Nelly and then you had Phil win a major. You know, and that's like two ends of the spectrum. So there were these tremendous storylines. You know, a lot of them were, were of redemption, whether it was Finau or Speeth. I know you mentioned him. You and I have a common denominator. We love to tell great golf stories. Yeah. Right. You know, but I wonder, you know, years ago when you started your podcast, how did you get into telling golf stories? Is there a little bit of a history there you could share with my listeners?
1: Well, I mean, so, I mean, the whole sort of thing, I mean, I, I we just finished the eighth season of Next on the T um, and it was sort of the way I got into podcasting just in general. Te- you go back 10 years, 2011, um, I actually started just writing articles at a guy on LinkedIn reached out to me and said, Hey, I got a baseball site, cmeds.com I'm looking for writers. Would you be willing to write, you know, some baseball articles? And I'm a big Pirates fan, big Red Sox fan. Sure. I'll write some articles. And then he came back and he said, you know what? Hey, there's this podcasting thing that I heard about again, remember this is 2011 now, you know, yeah. Hey, is anyone want to do a baseball podcast? And I sort of, you know, all right, I'll do a baseball podcast. And I joined a couple of guys in the Northeast. We did a Red Sox podcast. And at the end of that, uh, in baseball season, I said, you know, Hey, I'd like to, you know, what about football? I'm a big football fan. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a big Steelers fan. I'd love to do a football podcast. So we did that. And, uh, you know, things were going really well. And at the, so at the end of football season, I said, you know what? I like golf you know, can, can we do a golf podcast? And we started out, you know, and, and did uh, a couple of episodes back, you know, back in 2013. Um, and all along the way we had been, you know, obviously trying to get, you know, someone to pick us up, right. You know, Hey, you know, and I'd reached out to, um, the armed forces radio network and those guys sort of, you know, looked at me and were like, eh, golf podcast. No, who's going to listen to golf on the radio. And it sort of patted me on my head and sent me on my way. And uh, they had ended up picking up the Thursday night tailgate show. And, I, you know, I sort of I sort of resurfaced the, the idea of golf again. And they're like, all right, look, we'll let you do one episode. And if anybody listens, maybe we'll, we'll let you do another one. So I just I'd been very blessed. I had Gary Player and Billy Casper on the very first show. And it went crazy and they couldn't believe anybody listened to it. And then they did. And then they said, you know what? All right, maybe there's something to this golf thing. And they, you know, let me you know, go on from there. So it's like I say, it's been it's been a total of eight years doing the show. Um, And it's just, you know, as you know, Keith, it's a labor of love. It's I love the game.
0: Now, folks, if you don't recognize that voice, we are joined this afternoon by Chris Mascaro, and he is the host of the Next on the T podcast, the Thursday Night Tailgate. He is an on-air personality and a fantastic guest to have with us on this, uh, oh, just wonderful Friday afternoon here up in New Jersey. Now, I always love to ask the question of like, you know, the whole Instagram thing, like, where did you start and where are you now? You know, how did things kind of evolve? But you started with with Gary Player and Billy Casper. So, you know, you you set a high bar for yourself, but but you've also made it eight years. You've been very successful. How have things changed over the years and, and how have you increased, you know, your enjoyment of what you're doing? Because if there's one thing that comes across and the reason I wanted to reach out to you is that the way you tell golf stories really engages people because your passion comes through the microphone. And that's really important to me as a PGA professional because you're helping to sustain and maintain you know, people playing the game, which is great. So as you've gone through this personal evolution, right, take me through a couple highlights or moments where, you know, something maybe surprised you, you exceeded your own expectations, and where are you now?
1: Um, it's interesting, Keith. You know, you go back to that very first show and, and being lucky enough to have Gary Player and Billy Casper join you, right? Um, when, when they gave me the phone number to call Mr. Player to do the interview, um you know when you're when you're trying to put content together and you, you know you've got a lot riding on it because if it didn't go well then it, the show never would have picked up and who knows what happens so there's a lot riding on that first call and and leading up to it i was afraid that when i called him he wouldn't answer right and then and then I, then when the, the phone was ringing i was even more scared that he would right because on the other end of this phone line is going to be gary player and then billy Casper, right so um but yeah, you know, you start out there and it's really hard to figure out where do you go from from there? Um, and it, it just really naturally evolved, Keith. And, and one of the, the great things uh, about the show and being able to do it I mean, on both sides, both the golf and the football side, I get to talk to the legends that I grew up idolizing. I mean, Gary Player. You know, in the 70s when, you know, I mean, I w- I'm born in 65, I'm 56 years old. I sort of came my cognitive years, if you will, were in the middle 70s when, you know, he's winning the Masters in 74 and he comes back and does it, you know, again in 78. And, and getting you to watch that and the, the big three sort of going through the 70s and Jack Nicklaus was my golf idol growing up. But the opportunity to talk to those guys, um, at first, you know, I'm nervous as hell, you know, trying to, just trying to shaking my way through an interview, trying not to sound stupid. Right, And then to, to really get, kind of sort of calm down and, and know that these guys have great stories to tell. And, you know, I've had some wonderful mentors along the way, and I'm, we may talk about that later. But, you know, just really learning that, hey, you know, what do you want to talk about? It sort of was the evolution of, you know, asking the same questions that, you know, a million other guys like me have asked, you know, those guys to really doing the research to get to know them and understand, you know, some of the things that happened to them along the way. Not that just that they won this tournament or that. Well, let's let's take a look and let's get a little granular. Hey, what happened in the second round? You know, you went from six, shooting sixty-four in the first round to seventy-eight in the second round. Let's talk about the weather. What happened? What was going on that day? You know, let's let's really kind of get into the re- where the real fun stories are, not just that you won the tournament. Let's talk about how you won the tournament or what was it like for you coming down the stretch. I mean, one of the uh, one of the wonderful stories. I, I have a wonderful relationship with Sean McKeel, who won the two thousand and three PGA Championship. A lot of most golf fans will remember the incredible shot that he hit on his approach to 18 that ended up like 3 inches from the cup. Well, what you don't really know is he never saw that. He he knew that he hit it towards the green, right? And you see the fist pump and that sort of thing, but that was just all based on the crowd. He didn't know how close it was until he was almost on the green walking up with Chad Campbell and then he saw, "Oh my goodness, that thing's 2 inches from the cup. I think I can handle this one." Right? But, you know, it's it's hearing those sorts of stories and really kind of getting into their into the mindset and, and that sort of thing to understand what's it like coming down you know the stretch in a major championship mr player when you're when you're trying to beat arnold palmer or jack Nicholas, what's going through your mind you know do, you, do the negative thoughts creep in how do you keep them out how do you stay focused how do you stay in the moment right it's just sort of under, you know trying to get to those level kinds of stories um so that was sort of my evolution to really think that, you know what, it's okay for me to ask those kinds of things and not just ask the, the can here, here are the five canned questions you've answered a thousand times. Let me make it a thousand and one. Um, those, those sorts of things are how the show went from being scared to death to, Hey, let's ask some questions here.
0: Well, let me jump in there because you mentioned mentors and you've had a successful run here with all of your work there on the airwaves and We all get to where we are in our own personal success and our career paths and whatever that may be with the help from others. You know, that, that old saying, it, it's its redundant, but it's accurate, it takes a village. Yeah. So let's take a moment, because usually you're doing the interviewing and you're asking someone else the question, who is your mentors, right? Let's shed a little light on the people that helped you become the superstar that you are today telling these <laughs> stories, all right? So, so give me a couple of mentors.
1: Yeah, no, um, early on on the football side, I had the privilege of getting to know Bill Hillgrove, who's the Steelers radio play-by-play announcer. And I, as I said, I'm a huge Steelers fan. And I sort of picked his brain along the way to help me understand what to ask and how to ask it and those sorts of things. But one, of, one of the key things that he told me is to, hey, make sure you're listening to your guest. And that sounds simple, but he's like, look, you're going to do research and you're going to have your five or ten questions that you want to ask. But you've got to be listening to your interviewee. So they may take you down a whole nother road that you didn't expect. And if you're not listening to them and you're just focusing on what's my next question here right, and getting prepared for that, you're not listening to the answer. It's going to sound really disjointed because you're going to he's going to lead you somewhere or she's going to lead you somewhere and you're not going to follow it. You're just going to go to whatever question number three or number four was. Right. And now the interview is just going to sound silly. Right. So you got to make sure you're listening and following where your interviewee is leading you. Um, so he was a big early influence. A couple of brothers that um, mean the world to me, Mitch and Matthew Lawrence, um, they, they really sort of took me under their wing at a point in time to, to help me understand, you know, first of all, relax, right? And then, um, you know, help me structure, you know, what the show should look and, and, and feel like and just, just to make it more conversational and not, um, not sounding like I'm just reading from a script. Um, so they were very influential in uh, in helping me grow. And then a couple of other guys, Keith Hirschland, uh, who was the original producer of the golf channel is now a fantastic author. Um, so t- talking to him and then the great Ben Wright, uh, who has been, who was on my show many, many times, God rest his soul. Uh, but it told the story about, um, the producer that he worked with, Frank Jerkinian, right? So Keith and Frank used to, used to get into the, the the people that were on their shows or get into Mr. Wright's ear and really just said, you know, to shut the heck up. Right. You know, the idea is ask short questions and then shut up and get out of the way. Right. And let let the let the, the guest tell the rest of the stories. Right. No one's. And I, look, Keith, I, I knew very early on from doing both shows. Not a single person was tuning in to hear what Chris Mascaro thought about anything. It was really about the guest. Right. So they're, they're interested to see what the guest has to say. So if I can make my questions short and their answers are long, it's going to be a good show. So those guys really meant a great deal to me and to me, what I've learned, whatever that is, whatever level I've achieved. You know, all of those folks have had a huge input and sort of molding me into, you know, the host I am
0: today. You know, mentors take care of different things, Chris. They teach us different lessons. And there's one thing that comes across about your personality either in that answer, or whether it's on social media or whatever, but you know, you have a very, very strong sense of appreciation for others. You know, you're a great narrator yeah. and and you make these people into superstars when you get them on your show. You're a great interviewer in that respect. Where does that level of appreciation come from? You know, an easy answer might say, you might be your mom or your dad, but like sometimes there there's, There's someone else inside that maybe along the way also built upon what your parents did for you earlier. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm just wondering where you get that that passion, that gratitude and that appreciation for others, because it really comes across when you talk to them.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And it does stem from my parents. Um, they did a great job instilling that in me. I mean, look, at the end of the day, sort of building off what I said a moment ago, knowing that no one is calling in or or uh, tuning in to listen to anything that I have to say. Um, but it's a world of gratitude that I, I just sort of feel inside. Like, look, Gary Player and anybody that's ever been on any of my shows, I mean, they, they gave up their time to come on my show. So I owe them a couple of things. One, I owe the, I owe it to them to do the research, to understand their careers. You know, that I owe it to them to understand them and what they've been through and what they achieved and, and all of that sort of stuff and, and, le- and learning the, the granular level stuff. I owe that to them. Uh, so it's not just another one of the million interviews they've done over the course of their career. Plus I feel like I owe it to them to be you know, gracious and, and have the gratitude for them to come on. So, you know, promoting them and what they're doing and to continue to stay in, in contact with them and continuing to, to shout them out, whether it's on social media or, or wherever it might be. I feel like I owe it to them because their time is very valuable and they gave it up for free to come on. You know, I, I say this all the time, you know, the, the very first guest, that we ever had on Thursday night tailgate was LeVon Kirkland of the Steelers. And the second week was Rocky Blyer. And I always thank them every time I see them because they agreed to come on a show that they never heard of with a guy they never heard of. Same for Gary player and Billy Casper, right? They, they were gracious enough with their time and gracious enough for a guy that they never heard of to come on his show. Um, I owe them the, the debt of gratitude to continue to, to shout them out and that sort of thing. I I just, that's just something I, I, you know, that my parents instilled in, in, inside, um, to be thankful for the folks that have, you know, what do you you call it? Help me along the way or whatever, however you want to put that. But I owe them that debt of gratitude to continue to do those sorts of things because they were good enough and kind enough to give up their time, um, to come on and, and, and be on the show.
0: I do appreciate your transparency and sharing that with us. And it made me think of something that I have a debt of gratitude to our sponsors and their time is valuable. So I've got to jump to a quick break. So could you hold on for just a second there, Chris? Absolutely. Up next more with the brilliant broadcaster, Chris Mascaro. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg is. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything
1: to his legacy.
0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award winning Zero Restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The urban wind jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off the course look on the links, try the new Champ Hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra soft sleeves and lining. You can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code Stuart25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. you got a great voice. for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. (laughs) I I get a lot of that too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our Conversation with Chris Mascaro, you know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Hey, Wade, quick rapid fire. Yes. Do you have a tree yet? Yes. Do you start your gift shopping yet? Yes. You're my hero. Close to an the the to All right, we're going to jump back in here at Christmas Mascaro. He's going to join us for another quick segment here on the Pro Show. Chris, welcome back to the show. One of the things that I love about the On the Tee podcast is that you promote a lot of PGA coaches. Now, I'm a PGA professional and a PGA coach myself, so it's near and dear to my heart. Where does that storyline or where does that connection come from? Because you talk about the Champions Tour guys or just golf stories in general, whether you're talking about Colin, Nelly, etc. You know, where does this connection to the instructors of the game come from?
1: Well, I tell you, Keith, when you think about how how do we grow the game, how do, how do we improve ourselves, and that sort of thing. I mean, I I love having the the PGA professionals come on the show first of all to talk about their stories and how they grew up through the game and who first put a golf club in their hand and that sort of thing. But, you know, we're all trying to get better, right? We're trying to have fun with the game. We need to grow the game. And who better to grow the game with than the PGA and LPGA professionals that are out there trying to teach the game to us. So, you know, hey, look, everyone's got a different uh, philosophy. Everyone's got, you know, something different that they bring to the game. And the way to grow the game, in my opinion, is to be out there promoting the PGA professionals that are then, you know, on the ground floor, you know, helping us with our golf swings and that sort of thing. So, hey, you know, we all, obviously, you know, with, with the podcasting world, right? I mean, I, we talk to people all over the world. All over the world listens to stuff that's on Apple Podcasts and, and all that sort of stuff. So, hey, let's bring on the PGA and LPGA professionals from around the country, around the world. Let's Let's share their stories in the game of golf, and then let's get some tips from them for how we can improve our games. So to me, that's how you grow the game, Like, right? Let's make it more fun. How do you make it more fun? Well, you hit better shots. How can we hit better shots? All right, well, let's talk about the mechanics of the golf swing, or let's talk about the mental side of the game, right, so that, you know, we don't get, yeah, you know, we all get down on ourselves, right? The, the game of golf is really good for, uh, you know, you, you hit a bad shot, you missed a putt, you did this and that, we get down on ourselves, that negative self-talk. Let's talk about how we can get ourselves back out of that so we don't turn one bad hole into, you know, into a, a bad nine or whatever, um, so let's talk through all the different aspects of the golf game. Let's talk about how to think our way around the course better. Let's talk about golf course strategy. Let's talk about, you know, where my hand should be and, you know, my feet should be and all that sort of stuff. Let's talk about, Hey, I got a bad hip. I got a bad back. How can I hit better shots when I don't have the range of motion I used to have when I was 25. So let's talk about how we can help folks enjoy the game more. That to me that's how we grow the game. We let's make it more fun. Let's let's you know do all those sorts of things. Let's get all kinds of different opinions. Let's see what works for you.
0: Well, you know what? I'm loving this interview because you just provide one eloquent transition after another. So Chris it begs the question, who put a golf club in your hand?
1: Nah, that's my father. You know, I, my dad uh, used to take me out. He'd play golf on the weekends and then in the afternoons, he'd, he'd take me out, uh, started playing the game when I was 12, but we'd play late afternoon rounds and that's just always stuck with me. I love playing golf in the late afternoon. I'm sure that stemmed from the time I got to spend with my dad out on the golf course. So um, that's where we related to one another most when I was growing up, you know, was out there walking, you know, with the little pole carts and that sort of thing in the afternoon talking to my dad, whether we were, you know, talking about uh, the round we were playing or just talking about what was going on in school or what was going on in the other sports I was playing growing up or, um, you know, just talking about our favorite teams. But that's where we got to spend time together, uh, was out on the golf course late in the afternoons. And I I really treasured those times. Um, and that's, you know, something now I'm trying to translate, uh, you know, with my son and then uh, with my buddies. I mean, that's um yeah. My father was the one that, uh, you know, I got, I got the hand me down clubs and we, you know, we got them cut down and we were out there playing uh, late afternoon golf rounds. It's uh, it's something that's always stuck with me.
0: Well, you know, what's stuck with us is this idea that we get to spend time together, you and I, and who's the I, well, that's Chris Mascaro. He is the host of the on the T podcast, the Thursday night tailgate. He is a broadcasting personality. He lives down in the Atlanta area, but he's joining us up here in New York city today on the pro show. I hear the passion in your voice. You spoke so nicely about how your parents created this level of appreciation in your life. When you look back at what you've done, just in the golf sense with the On the Tee podcast, you know, what makes you most proud, Chris?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess, Keith, you know, being able to do the show and that I, it's really the friendships that I've made that uh, have come as a result of doing it. You know, I've, I've got, you know, lots of great friends now that are, that are instructors all over the country. It's, you know, the, the guys, like I say, that are the legends of the game that have started to become good friends. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the things that um, I, I'm still remarked about is I can send a text to Hal Sutton and Hal Sutton knows who I am. Right? And then he'll respond back right it's you know same for Mark Kalkovecki and Olin brown and and Donny Hammond and Sean McKee. I mean those guys know who I am right that's still like I'm just Chris Mascaro I'm just a you know a guy that likes doing you know a, a golf podcast and uh, and and talking to to uh, to the, the, so many great people around the game of golf but it's the friends that I've been able to make as a result of doing the show and and interactions with people out there on, on social media that's how um, Mitch and Matthew Lawrence and, and I met and, and the fact that one of my favorite actors from the 80s and, and one of my all-time favorite movies, Eddie and the Cruisers, Matthew Lawrence knows who I am and I can call a friend. Uh, same for Mitch Lawrence. I, I can call those guys friends. Um, that's, that's something I still sort of pinch myself about to think that, like I say, that I can pick up my phone, send Hal Sutton a question or, or, or just a, you know, hey, how how you doing? And Hal Sutton knows who I am. And Mark Kalkovekia knows who I am, that's that's pretty special to me. Now
0: we started the conversation today with kind of a year in review or a retrospective question. And now I'm thinking about this. You've done this and you've you've had these aha moments where you text Hal Sutton and it comes back to you, right? So you've you've gotten to a certain level of respect in the industry, right? So as we look forward now to 2022 and beyond, what's next? for the On The Tee podcast?
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, I, th- I think, you know, some of the things that I'd like to be able to do with Next On The Tee, Keith, is to be able to, you know, do, do more remote sort of things. I uh, had, had the privilege of, uh, of, of doing a remote uh, show about three or four years ago, just outside the gates of Augusta National. That was a huge thrill. Um, but to be able to, you know, do some of those sorts of things. Speaking of another
0: situation that came up this week, Tiger Woods showed up. And on Monday, there was a Golf Digest interview. There was the announcement of a press conference. There was all of this, you know, a week ago, there was the swing. In a year that's already been great for golf, what does it mean to have Tiger reintroduced all of the sudden?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, look, I love the press conference that he did and, and talking about, you know, hey, his schedule is going to be what it's going to be. He's probably only going to gear up for a handful of golf tournaments a year and and competing at the highest level is probably not going to be something that he does, particularly on a week-in and week-out basis. Maybe we see a, a touch of brilliance here or there. Um, but, you know, I tell you what, one of the, one of the things that uh, I hope for the game of golf is for, for a couple of decades now, we've put all our eggs in the Tiger Woods basket. That's all the story has ever been. Even when he wasn't the story, he was the story. Right? Even when he was away from the game, During all his different injuries and that sort of thing, you know, he'd come back and he'd make an eagle on a hole when he was, you know, in 37th place. And it was the headline, you know, (laughs) Tiger Eagles 12, Uh, he's 18 strokes back but Tiger Eagles 12 is the headline, right? I'm what I'm really hoping for the game of golf going forward is that we develop the young talent that we have. And we start to really promote those guys. And we market those guys and gals uh, that are, that are sort of the the next generation. I think Tiger obviously is the bar and he always will be the bar. No one, you know, no one brings more eyes and ears to the game of golf than Tiger Woods does. Um, so I'm obviously glad, you know, for his health and that, that you know, my, my, big hope for tiger is that the leg heals as much as it can possibly heal. And he can be there for Charlie and really enjoy, you know, having rounds of golf with Charlie and watching Charlie as his game grows and develops into whatever Charlie wants it to. And I hope for Charlie that we all are not on top of him, hoping he's going to you know, be better than his dad. We saw, we saw that happen to Gary Nicholas. You know, we all remember the sports illustrated cover, the next Nicholas with Gary on it and what, what, what it's like to try to live up to your superstar dad. Um, but I'm glad for Tiger that he's healing. Uh, I'm glad, like he said, that, you know, he could have easily died. And we, we didn't have that tragedy. Uh, he didn't lose his leg. We didn't have that tragedy. And uh, he's back and he's getting, you know, getting some, getting healthy. And hopefully we get to see him at a, you know, at the Masters in the future. I'd sure love to see him um, at, at St. Andrews for, for the Open Championship. And we get to see him, you know, four or five, six times, whatever he's comfortable with out there playing again. And at whatever level he's able to compete, we can just sort of, and maybe just for him, he can just sort of drink in everything he was able to create in the game of golf. You know, the crowds that he, he got to come to the game of golf, the money that's in the game of golf because of Tiger Woods. I hope he can just sort of drink in the appreciation for all of us, for all the excitement he gave to us for two decades. And, um, you know, he's, he's around as much as he wants to be around.
0: Well, that answer in and of itself was a touch of brilliance. So while you're on a roll, why don't you let my fans know where they can find the on the T podcast and when it airs.
1: Yeah. So you can find us online next on the is the website. And we are on every major podcasting site out there We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, you name it. We're out there. If you if you've got a favorite podcasting site and you don't see us right away, just type next on the T in the search search menu, a search bar. You'll probably find us on there as well. Uh, the show airs uh, Tuesdays from uh, live on Blog Talk Radio uh, from 8 to 930 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the show's on hiatus right now. We'll be back uh, probably right after the, the holidays. Um, so find us there. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at CT Mascaro on the same place on Instagram. And like I say, next on the t.net's the show website, you can find out what our guest schedule looks like. And then we've got links to the shows and we cut it up into segments. So whether you've got 90 minutes or you've got 20 minutes, we've got something there for you.
0: All right. Well, speaking of guest schedules, I've got one more thing on the agenda for you today. It's a little tradition we have here on the pro show. We do a little rapid fire Q&A to get to know our guests a little bit better. So are you up for this, uh, Mr. Uh, Christmas Carol? Fire, fire away, my friend. All right. Here we go. Favorite member of the 1980 Miracle on Ice team.
1: Wow. Well, I've had the privilege of of interviewing Jim Craig. So I w- I'll probably say Jim Craig, even though Mark Johnson uh, was another one of my favorites. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, so I got to watch him uh, be- become a great pro. But uh, Jim Craig, I w- if you made me pick one, it would be Jimmy. Well, he, I mean,
0: as the goaltender, he's a great one to pick. All right, next. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Broadcaster you look up to the most? Al Michaels. When you hear the words organizational management... What's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: <laughs> that was my major in college.
0: <laughs> so what comes to mind?
1: First thing that comes to mind is, is actually on the, on the theme of gratitude. Uh, when you're managing an organization, that uh, to me, the most important thing is being good to your employees. So employee engagement. Uh, so it's, it's showing gratitude to the folks that are out there working hard for you every day.
0: Oh, great message. Give me your Mount Rushmore of athletes.
1: Oh, now that's a tough one. Just all athletes. Um,
0: Yeah, this is no religion, no politics.
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean, just like across all the sports. Well, I mean, you know, being a Pittsburgh guy, you know, Mario Lemieux would be on that. Uh, Willie Starjo was my baseball idol growing up. Um, Jack Lambert. was my favorite football player growing up. And if I if I had reached over to uh, to basketball, uh, I lived many years in Boston and Larry Bird was an idol.
0: I'm glad you qualified with Larry Bird at the end there. I thought it was going to be an all Pittsburgh mountain, (laughs) (laughs) you know, over the hills of the Allegheny or something like that. All right. Would you rather win a Grammy or an
1: Oscar? Uh, An Oscar. I can't sing.
0: Fair enough. Now, if you're going to win an Oscar, what movie would you want to be a character in?
1: Oh, so um, I'd probably want to, you know, I'm Italian, right? So if I, if I don't say the Godfather, my, my whole family would be after me. So I would say I'd go back and be a, an actor at the Godfather.
0: Fitting. Name a sporting event on your bucket list. Uh,
1: probably the open championship. I'd love to, to go over there. Obviously the dream is to go over and see it at St. Andrews. So yeah, if there's, if there's one event that, uh, I haven't been to that, boy, I, I'd sure, I should like to say I, I'd, I'd went to at one point would be the open championship.
0: Well, a little little memo there, Chris. This year is the hundred and fiftieth one one. So maybe get those plane tickets soon. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, a good one, good one to check out. All right, last question. Describe your 2021 in one word.
1: Ooh, my two thousand uh blessed.
0: Well, you know what, Chris Mascaro, We've been blessed to have you this afternoon. Ah, uh, I appreciate you, Keith. You've been a treat, man. I, I I can't thank you enough. It's been so good to get to know you and to get you on the pro show. Thank you for your time very
1: much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
0: Well, in the days of buying presents, that interview is a real gift there, Mr. Wade Weezer. <laughs> just, like, just like your sense of humor. <laughs> Here comes 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back with a weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. 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 You know, there was no one there like, Hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So you gotta wait. It's 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work, but, but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman show weekdays at two Eastern on ESPN radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Now, we've been talking about it for weeks, but have you checked it out yet? Read the line. Come on, golf's number one betting ecosystem. It's online at readtheline.com. Just go on there and check it out. Every day it's on social media. You know you're going to be waiting in some miserable line this holiday season. Come on. Get on your phone. Check it out. Let's do it. And thanks for all the support, folks. Appreciate it. Give me a little volume, Wade. Now you know this show will be up this evening on all platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon I can list about a hundred of them social media you can find me at KJ Stewart PGA and uh, yeah stream it let's say you're in Atlanta like Chris 920 ESPN New hit the listen now right now I want to listen to the church give it to me all right we're back into it with just a couple minutes to go up, uh, the weekly update is going to be its own version of rapid fire this week. <laughs> hey, and you know, the weekly update is brought to us by TaylorMade. So to check our friends out at TaylorMade this holiday season, make sure you go find a fitter near you or go to tailormadegolf.com Joe Berg, open the door and let's get out of here. The emergence of the Omicron variant meant the Johannesburg tournament had been hit by withdrawals and retirements uh, as European golfers rushed home from South Africa with travel bans imminent. Thurston Lawrence won with a score of 11 under par, which was pretty good because the 24-year-old Lawrence's first European Tour win was just over 36 holes. See, they started with 72, (laughs) then it went to 54, then a third of the field quit. Um, And at 36 holes, he was 11 under par, and he got his first DP World Tour win. So congratulations to Thurston. The match was no match at all. Brooks defeated Bryson DeChambeau 5-3 last Friday in the fifth edition of the match. By the sixth hole, Bryson was three down and they were only playing 12. What was once a heated relationship amounted to nothing more than a fizzle on Black Friday. In fact, if it wasn't for expert, expert commentators, mind you, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley, there would have been barely any talk as the two competitors basically meandered through the course and never talked to one another in Las Vegas there. Um You know, though Brooks won easily on the course there, Mr. Wade Mm Weezer, Phil definitely won in the booth as he gave both Bryson and Brooks some serious lip wedges. Right. He first he first coaxed. Did you say lip wedgies? Wedges. Okay. wedges, (laughs) wedges. (laughs) Go with the wedges. That sounds better. Uh, It's in your mind. It does. Fair enough. Well, the first thing he got is he coaxed Bryson into saying that hitting bombs made him look attractive, which Bryson was like totally into like a geek. And uh, it was just great. Uh, What the one that really got me, though, was when Brooks started to give Phil a hard time about picking Bryson to win the match. And Brooks is like, how's that pick going now, Phil? (laughs) Which Phil didn't even answer when he said, hey, let me tell you about the PGA championship. I won because Brooks came in second. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, this is Oh, this is this is. This is where uh, we've been waiting to get to today. Let them play. Bryson DeChambeau and seven of your, Europe's Ryder Cup team, as well as a bunch of American major champions like Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Xander Shoffley, all of these guys, they're all signed up to play in the Saudi International. And this was a big deal this week because – the DP World Tour, the European Tour and the PGA Tour have to grant them waivers to play because the Saudi International is run by Greg Norman. Not really. It's run by the Asian <laughs> Tour, but he's running the Asian Tour. So um, the organizers are out there in front saying this is the greatest field we've ever had and it's all good and everything. Um but uh, the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour are kind of quiet at this moment. They uh, they don't have much to say because they have to grant them waivers to go play, Wade Weezer, yes. which is uh, a bit of a challenge, and uh, they've got about four or five weeks to figure it all out. But uh, I think we're going to find out whether or not these guys truly are independent contractors. Ooh, one more quick one. Yes. Do we have time for one more quick sure. one? Sure. All right. One more quick one. Here it is. It's just an effing shirt. Given that Rory McIlroy was making his first trip to the media center since ripping his golf shirt off and disgusting <laughs> and squandering that 54-hole lead at the DP World Tour Championship. All right? So right off the bat, he walks in, he sits down. First guy asks him, he says, hey, nice shirt. It's all in one piece. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which McIlroy shot back, it's another joke you tried to make that's just not funny. Ouch! I'll leave that reporter's name off the list, <laughs> off the weekly update today. Uh, it proved to be an early sign that McElroy found little humor and even less interest in discussing the image uh, that went viral with him standing in front of the scoring hut. Uh, you know, after his final round 74 with a torn shirt. Um, it, they go on at length, and they keep going after him to the point where he finally gets exasperated and says, "He goes, here's what I did. He goes, I went to the pro shop. I bought a new one. I threw the other one into the trash. Right." <laughs> There was silence before the next question, and McElroy, you could hear him at the microphone under his breath, he goes, I mean, he's like, it's an effing ripped shirt, Jesus, <laughs> already. So, following Shirtgate, Rory kept it together and answered a series of questions about his wedges, there's that word again, uh, including including that he's up the bounce to 14 degrees on his 60 degree wedge, goes along with the ripped shirt, right? Yes. Uh, which has helped him a lot, and uh, he feels very good about the change to the bounce on his lob wedge. Uh, Golf, Wade, you know, it's the only sport where we could transition from ripped clothes uh, in rage to uh, sensible statements about equipment and performance. And of course, that's your pro show update for the week ending December 3rd, 2021. Special thank you to our sponsors, Taylor Bay Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation and Summit Golf Brands. Next week on the pro show, the PGA of America, National Teacher of the Year, Mark Blackburn, producer Wade Weezer, Thanks, man. Love my listeners. Now, you know, I love you. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought on being a holiday party superstar. Most people tell you bad news and then share their best news online. Forget Facebook. Next conversation, share your best story with someone close to you. Watch as you instantly improve their mood. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and that is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.